Welcome to The Bill Walton Show, featuring conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, artists and thinkers. Fresh perspectives on money, culture, politics and human flourishing. Interesting people, interesting things. Absolutely. March 10. I want you to weigh in hard on how we're doing. I think this conversation's got to stray a little bit from just the narrow what's oh, inside the pharmaceutical world because it's, it's all Absolutely. interrelated. And I think Absolutely. everybody's interested in this. And, I, you know, how, I don't know how much you can talk about vaccines, but um, I'll, I'll pharmaceutical talk at a companies, very high level the FDA, about, CDC. About. I, I'll deal at a high level that's consistent across the and board. And Frank, you've got to talk in depth about how much more we know about what China's doing and how they've been The unrestricted warfare. How okay. supply chains fit into the unrestricted Absolutely. warfare program okay. is kind of where I would go from. You know, supply I'm, chains? Yeah. I'm switching gears from putting it on China to putting it on us. This is all us. Okay, let's, let's, let's roll. What do you say? Sure, okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Bill Walton Show. I'm Bill Walton. Uh, it's been almost two years since we visited with Rosemary Gibson and Frank Gaffney about Rosemary's terrific book, terrific but also incredibly sobering and, and upsetting, Rx, Exposing the Risk of America's Dependence on China for Medicine. Uh, in addition to authoring this book, Rosemary has also been named Lifetime Achievement Award for the American Academy of Hospice and Palliative Medicine. And she's on a number of very interesting boards, which we'll talk about during the show. Uh, Frank Gaffney, my national defense hero, uh, founded the uh, Center for Security Policies, vice chairman of the Committee for Present Danger China, of which I'm a very proud member. And I think, Rosemary, you're so involved. Yes. And you also host a terrific show, which occasionally I get to join, called Securing America. Weekly. Actually, Weekly. Just to be... Weekly, Correct. which can be found on Real America's Voice, uh, a.k.a. Steve Bannon's network. There you go. <laughs> uh, and, you know, what we started off with last time, two years ago, and we've had M M Rosemary on in between, but the facts really haven't changed that much. Uh, millions of Americas are, Americans are taking prescription drugs and over-the-counter drugs made in China, and they don't know it, and most of their doctors don't know it. And 30 years ago, the United States, Europe, and Japan manufactured 90% of the global supply of the key ingredients that go into our pharmaceuticals and over-the-counter drugs. No more. China is now the largest global supplier. So we have an issue, particularly in, in view of what we've learned in the last two years during the, the pandemic, the lockdowns, the mandates, the on and on, We've learned a lot about pharmaceutical companies. We've learned a lot about the FDA, the CDC, uh, the uh, supply chain dependency we have on China has become only more apparent, and it's something that we're all beginning to see some progress on. And, and Rosemary's going to explain the progress we've made uh, <laughs> since then. Uh, so, R Rosemary, uh, l let's let you kick it off. So, just just recap what the book was about then and a little bit about where we are now. Uh, sure. Well, Bill, it's always great to be with you and Frank to visit again. Yeah, this is a expose of a story that very powerful forces and special interests didn't want the American people to know. 
And that was how dependent we became on a single country. The world did on a single country for thousands and thousands of medicines that we take and for the functioning of our healthcare system. And uh, it came out in 2018, Bill, and it predicted, and I didn't ever imagine it would happen so quickly, but it predicted three things that are coming true, some of which already have come true. The first thing is that we will someday find ourselves dependent during a pandemic and we'll be lining up with other countries to get basic medicines that we need to survive. And that indeed happened. The second prediction... Lining up to get them from China. Right. And competing. Right. Remember, India cut off some exports of basic medicines during COVID. And one of the reasons they did that was not only because they needed them for their own people, but because they are also dependent on China. So all roads lead to China. And so we saw that happen in real time. And the Strategic National Stockpile Bill, it was weeks away from not having the most basic medicines. We were turning into a developing country. This was April, May of uh, 2020? That's right. Okay. And behind the scenes, companies were scrambling to find product. So that's the first thing that came true. The second thing predicted that the FDA's ability to protect us would just be blown to bits. Because what the FDA does is not just approve new drugs, but the FDA also inspects manufacturing plants to make sure that what they're making is what they're supposed to be making, and that there aren't contaminants in them that could cause harm, either deliberately or not. So for about the past two years, the FDA has basically stopped sending people to China for their health reasons to conduct inspections in China as well as India and elsewhere. So we're effectively bringing in medicines that are unregulated, my view. Well, and the Chinese, so we're not inspecting the plants in China, and the Chinese themselves don't trust their own drug manufacturers in China. Right. And in fact, there's a big market for American manufactured drugs in China because they'd rather buy, the Chinese would rather buy ours Absolutely. Than, than the stuff they're making. Absolutely. <laughs> and now what we're seeing is how, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and how ridiculous it is. This was actually in a GAO, Government Accountability uh, report. If it were just ridiculous, it'd be one thing. It's dangerous. Oh, well, your, your point. Well, let's go and see what all kinds of havoc that can cause. But quick point, so now, instead of in-person inspections, and by the way, if you're a federal employee, dedicated person working at FDA, do you want to be the guy or gal who travels to China and sees a whole bunch of problems, tells the Chinese company this, knowing that maybe that plant could be shut down? Do you really want to be the one person there? First of all, you'll never be invited well, the Chinese back. Chinese have a way of ushering people like that out of the country, or maybe they even disappear. Yeah, you know, Well, that's exactly right. And okay, so, so, so inspectors are at, at tremendous personal risk. And and I can't speak to what country, but I've been told that inspectors have been threatened. Now, whether it's China or other countries, I can't say. But 
So the FDA is in a position of they can't find people that want to go do those jobs. So what are they defaulting to? Inspections by Zoom. Let's do it remotely. That's like if there's a plane crash and the NTSB does a site inspection remotely. So let remotely. me visualize this. You've got a, an employee of the Chinese pharmaceutical manufacturers who's walking around with an iPhone showing you little Zoom photos of, of processes and, and vats and, you know, conveyor belts and stuff like that. Is that what we're talking about? That's what we're talking about. And so this is like a social credit score for federal employees. And remember when U.S. diplomats were headed to China and there were COVID tests at the airport that were anal swabs, it, truly for humiliation. So you can see that China wants to decouple from our regulatory system and kick out our system of assuring protection for the American people. And think of the havoc that can cause deliberate contamination, and you can channel deliberately contaminated, potentially lethal products just through distribution channels here in the U.S. to certain sectors, whether it's the military or certain hospitals or certain communities. And what's your third prediction? Because I want to circle back on all these because they're all very interesting to dig into. The third prediction is a follow-on from number two, is that the Chinese government will effectively say to the FDA officially, goodbye, and we want you to give us what they call mutual recognition, that you will treat us just like you treat the European regulators. And so if it's inspected by the China FDA, it's good enough for the United States. And we're on that road because of the FDA's inability to protect what the American people. could possibly go wrong? So, Frank, what's your take on this? Let me back the lens up just a little bit because I think what you need to understand is this is a microcosm of the larger problem that we've gotten ourselves into as part of what I consider to be the unrestricted warfare of the Chinese Communist Party against the United States, specifically the economic warfare line of attack. But that's only one of the many. But the economic warfare one had as its purpose, I think going back to Deng Xiaoping's hide and bide strategy, which he advanced shortly after the Soviet Union collapsed. Hide and bide was hide when and he bide. was doing all this biding his time and not unveiling what his real intentions were, and Xi has decided to not hide. That's right. The mask has slipped. Okay. That's jumping ahead. But just to stay with this earlier right. phase, the Soviet Union collapsed. Deng Xiaoping, the then General Secretary of the Chinese Communist Party, says there's a new Cold War. The Soviets lost the last one. We're going to win the next one with the United States. And we're going to implement this strategy of taking advantage of them, but concealing our true purpose, which is ultimately to destroy the United States and dominate the world. And during this hide and bide phase, we saw American capitalists, American pharmaceutical firms, American industrialists of various stripes, American financiers, like your friends on Wall Street, Bill. You keep blaming. I keep just okay. pointing it out. Right. Gotta follow the money. <laughs> You're a recovering Wall okay, Street recovering. maven. Yeah. 
these guys all were, with the active encouragement of the United States government yes. under both Republican and Democratic administrations, transferring the industrial might of the United States and enormous wealth of investors of all kinds to the Chinese, which enabled them to build up dominant positions among the most outrageous and dangerous and extreme of which is the one that Rosemary's chronicled in her book and has just been talking about, namely our dependency on China for life-saving medicines. But it's true of all kinds of other things as well. And this is the point that I think we really want to make sure we illuminate here is that if you are concerned about this, as we should be and must take corrective action on, you've also got to look at the host of other supply chain dependencies, whether it's chips or flat screens or rare earth minerals or whether it's, you know, the the host of uh, well, the whole Electronic wind, the whole that wind we and solar on. industry depends on everything coming out of exactly China. If you think you're going to wean the United States from fossil fuels and onto something greener and cleaner, you have just increased yeah. our dependency on the Chinese Communist Party. Right. And these are all the sectors of our economy that are the future exactly. of our economy and the jobs for our children and grandchildren and they're being cut out from under us. Just on solar, there was a vote in Congress that killed the tariffs that were trying to protect U.S. industries. And what was the result? Within two weeks, a plant down in Alabama announced that it was laying off its employees and all the spin-off effects of that. As so a we direct had tariff result, protection for domestic manufacture and we, was, we stripped ourselves of that? There was some protections and there was a request to have more protections for certain types of solar panels. Yeah. And Congress supported the Chinese. And what happens is China's involved in supporting some of the environmental groups with the intent of killing our energy supplies at the same time, promoting, well, it's cheaper. Well, we can do solar cheaper if we buy them from China. Well, we found, well, I think that's what got us into the uh, dependency and all the manufactured drug is we, we, we look for the lowest cost supplier. That's exactly right. Uh, this is the Bill Walton Show. I'm here with Rosemary Gibson and Frank Gaffney, and we're talking about our supply chain, in specific our supply chain with regard to pharmaceuticals, but it also influences almost everything else that we think of as industries of the future. Frank? And it's always cheaper until it isn't. Yeah. They buy in. They get those dependencies well, established. They create, essentially, the hollowed-out alternatives they, and then didn't the price they do goes that with vitamin C oh. I mean we don't make vitamin C in the United States anymore wasn't didn't they drop the price on vitamin C to drive all the domestic manufacturers out and then as soon as they were out of business pop it back up again That's, penicillin too. well yes and let's take that vitamin C case how many of your listeners and viewers take vitamin C well here's the story behind it chances are that in your vitamin C tablet is the synthetic powder, ascorbic acid, and China is the dominant global supplier. And what happened? Exactly right, Bill. They dumped it on the global market yeah. at really low prices, and formed they formed a cartel. There was actually a court case. There were a couple of courageous American companies that took them to court, say this is a clear violation of antitrust. And this was back in 2004. We went through this before, but it's worth repeating. Name some of the drugs that we no longer manufacture. 
We don't. Penicillin's one. We have virtually no penicillin and virtually all other antibiotics we can no longer make in the United States of America. So with all the talk about vaccines for viral infections, there's been nothing about reestablishing our industrial base for those things that we need when there's bacterial infections. Go back to 1918 and the, the influenza. But what did people die of? They didn't die of the virus. They died of, most of them, bacterial pneumonia. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have antibiotics then. China knows this. Yeah. So and, uh, and it's gotten worse, as I understand it, because the degrees to which these various medicines are no longer effective against strains of... That's you know, true. They're resistant, but... You, we can get on diseases. to a related subject, Frank, and that is this is a new phenomenon that wasn't reported in China Rx. It was there, but it's escalating. The quality of our generic drugs is plummeting. And prestigious institutions our, like Cleveland Clinic, our drugs. Meaning those we manufacture or those the ones that, that we consuming. are distributing hmm. to the American people as you go into your retail pharmacy. So prestigious organizations like the Cleveland Clinic, they're starting to test certain generic drugs. And Why some of them are just, they just crumble or they're not dissolving properly in the body and worse. So let's you know, play that out 10 years from now. China can send us anything and slowly and slowly and slowly decimate a population. You know, just sell antibiotics in the, with a huge bacterial inf infection outbreak and it doesn't work. And circling back to your earlier prediction, the FDA is supposed to be the guardian of our generic, generic drug quality? It is, yes. Uh, any other agencies? Who, who are our guardian angels here? Who's protecting us? Well, who's supposed to be? Manufacturers are required by law to test everything before they sell it, but they don't. But the manufacturers are in China. Correct. Now, the, the buyers, the, there's big buyers here. They're on the Fortune 10 list, some of them. Yeah. You would think that they would spend a few bucks, doesn't cost that much, to test everything before they sell it to the American people. But they don't. They buy strictly on the basis of price. They use artificial intelligence. They scour the globe to find the cheapest stuff. Well, Quality who? is not on there. So there's no one guarding the hen house here. And so we are we going to see much more serious problems, I predict, without action. What about I just emphasize one point? Yeah, because sure. it, it, it's come up in connection with the the COVID issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's introduced the whole phenomenon of a biological warfare program that the Chinese Communist Party has had illegally for decades, and we're learning more about it all the time. But the point is that that fellow that I mentioned a moment ago, Deng Xiaoping roughly at the same time as he established the hide and bide strategy is said by a then defense minister of China by the name of Qi Hao Chen that the purpose of the biological weapons program of China was going forward going to be depopulating the United States so that it could be colonized by the Chinese. Now if you put into that context, what Rosemary's talking about, this is just another line of attack on the population of this country. And as opposed to, you know, nuclear weapons, for example, which if used would have that effect, but would also devastate the place, 
these sorts of chemical weaponry, if you will, um, albeit supposedly medicines or biological agents of various kinds, won't destroy the infrastructure, leaving it in place more or less intact to be inherited by the new Chinese overlords. That's the sort of thing that makes what Rosemary's talking about not just, again, a, a nightmare and an outrage and a scandal, but a national security crisis of the first order. If you want a cheap way and a quiet way to take down a country, all you have to do is put these products into the marketplace. And you know where they're going. You can track what happens. But for us as Americans, we don't have a way. We don't. We have a way we could to be alert to this. It's very cheap. You don't need any nuclear weapons. It's not just cheap. It's We're effective. paying them to right. poison us is what it can exactly come down right. to. Exactly You're going right. to do it for profit. It's like fentanyl. And to show cause and effect, with fentanyl, you can show some cause and effect. Big time. For this, this is hidden. That's why there's a chapter in China RX called The Perfect Crime. Mm. You can seed the distribution system to our military hospitals, to certain parts of, if you want to take out certain parts faster than others of our country. Just start controlling the distribution systems. Right. And you can put anything in there. And what you put into there. them as well. Exactly right. Yeah. And we don't have a way of tracking or tracing this to show cause and effect. And so people keep doing what they're doing every day. Oh, the patient died of this or that. But really, so is something this, else. Is this, do you think, are you saying this is happening now or this is, this is hanging out as the neck? I mean, you also might create a virus lab in, oh, I don't know, Wuhan, and, and you might do some uh, gain-of-function research and, I don't know. Let the That's thing, happening now. Let, it, let the thing <laughs> jump out of the lab and, yeah. oh, my, oh, what a mistake. Well, this I mean, is silent. I mean, what, 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 Let's do it silently. Why, why cause all that trouble and bad press? But, uh, do we, is this happening now? I mean, do we have a drug that, I mean, when do, when do they let sl lip sleuth? Let's let, slip the dogs let, of let war. Slip the, thank you, Frank. It's easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the studio here. We're surrounded by dogs, so I guess That's right. I, I got to be careful. Yeah, I say let's they, slip. They may be offended. Um, so we're, when do we... How imminent is this? And we're, you know, if they kick the FDA out of China, and we've got ninety percent of our generics manufactured in China, or at least final assembly in China, they're using a lot of Indian <coughs> subcomponents, as I understand. And when, when, how imminent is this? And when do they pull that uh, trigger? Just to clarify, it's really the Chinese have the components like the rare earths, and everybody else is using those components to make drugs. Okay, so this but, goes back to their so dominance. The Indians are making generic drugs with Chinese components. Ch that's okay. right. All right, I garbled. So, w where is this now? Well, we have real tests of change in the marketplace now. So, a very fine 40 year cardiologist calls up and says, I have a patient who's the wife of a physician. And the patient uh, called me to said my blood pressure is up to 180. And this person is taking a standard blood pressure medicine. And the first response of the physician who's been attuned to this is to say, go to your, back to your farm. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll look at you, we'll examine you, but immediately go to your pharmacy and get a different generic manufacturer for the same drug, same dose. And she did that, and within a 
very short period of time, her blood pressure normalized. That 180 blood pressure is stroke territory. So you can imagine, and that can be multiplied over so and over again. Where did the original generic drug emanate from? Well, um, it's interesting. The, um, that drug, I don't know where, where it emanated from. But you can bet that a lot of the starting materials came from China, and are the follow-on manufacturers testing them? Probably not. Yeah. So you can, I, can I just ask a quick question? Sure, because I yeah, think for the in. audience's sake, Rosemary wrote this superb book four years ago. We talked about it two years ago. All of this is out there. Absolutely this right. This is not unknown. Absolutely right. And you've just described a comprehensive failure on the part of the United States government, the regulatory agencies particularly, right. to do anything about this. Is it fair to say that in the intervening four years since you published this, this has gotten worse and that we are at greater risk even than we were when you put it on paper in the first place? Yes, we are at greater risk now than ever before, and it's escalated in the past four years. I was going to ask God, the same question. And I'm our sorry. government has done hardly anything, and no, Congress has done nothing. Think of the trillions. Frank and I talk to each other every week. So, we're, <laughs> so you're up to speed. So we spend trillions and trillions of dollars on COVID, right? Both administrations. Not a single penny of that money has gone to fix this problem. And what does that tell you? And we have some hypotheses about how, why that is. Why? Remember Bill Barr's speech about China? And he talked about how American then companies, General. then Attorney General, said American companies are being pressured to do the bidding of the Chinese government. What was so surprising to me is that in the prior administration, President Trump signed an executive order that would require the federal government to, through the Defense Department, which has military hospitals, for the veteran system, they, consume, they buy a lot of medicines, to require federal departments to prioritize the purchase of domestically made drugs. Common sense, right? National security imperative, actually. And it would actually give 25% more authority, those departments to spend more if they had to, for American-made generic drugs that would rebuild our industrial base, and that would enable commercial customers to to get in on it. So it's called Buy America. It's called Buy America. And what you know what happened? So the vehemence of the special interests, the big buyers, big pharma, it was, it was really quite remarkable. They have their own sandbox with the innovator products, the branded products. Why are they so adamant about these commodity products? These generic they don't care. drugs that are no longer under patent. They're, yeah, generics Anybody are no longer under patent. So why? so why? So when you talk to people who actually work in the industry, not the lobbyists in Washington, what they, what they observed, and this, I heard this from three different people, in the course of their careers, they saw their brand, these big branded companies give away the spec, specs to make antibiotics mm -hmm. and all these other products, these generics to China in return for getting access to the Chinese market to sell their Bingo. higher margin Bingo. Okay. innovator products. And you can bet, as 
I, hypothesis, but very reasonable to mm -hmm. consider, that th these same companies are under the gun to keep lobbying for China in the United States to maintain the existing supply chain and allow China to achieve its stated aim to become the pharmacy to the world. But th this is actually not just a hypothesis Frank, anymore. Let me just interrupt a second. This is Bill Walton's show. I'm here with Frank Gaffney and Rosemary Gibson, and we're talking about the alarming tendency of our elites to not protect America in the interest of doing more business with China. I was just saying that this isn't a hypothesis any longer. What has happened in the intervening period, particularly even just the past six months, I think, is that, as, I, as you were saying, Bill, earlier, the, the mask has slipped. Xi Jinping is telling these companies, you will lobby yes. on our behalf if you want to do business That's with right. China, period. Right. And what you've described, Rosemary, in this case, is again, unfortunately, just a microcosm of the larger problem. Congress, the executive branch, the media, all of it, the industries are all bending to their will at our expense. You know, we we know this, but it bears repeating that China's one of the largest consumer goods markets in the world. It's the largest market for luxury goods, and there are three or four hundred million buyers of uh, American-made pharmaceuticals, and and we've talked about BlackRock and uh, the fact there are lots of investment dollars that they would like to help manage and. Uh, you know, the list of industries that have got a stake in driving and doing more business Engaging. in China goes on and on and on, right? Engaging is what it's called. Engaging. And they want to continue to engage. And when the argument is made by people like, you know, our committee on the present danger of China that, well, wait a minute, what you're doing in engaging, including in some cases, Bill, as you know, guys on Wall Street putting money into not just Chinese Communist Party owned and operated companies, which is essentially all of them, but People's Liberation Army companies that are manufacturing, among other things, bioweapons and nuclear weapons and other things with which to kill not just our service personnel, but all of us. And our money, that's investors' money. That's not Larry Fink's money. That's the average American, in most cases, actually, probably unwittingly, having their money being put to purposes that are so detrimental to our country as well as them individually. Absolutely right. Shocking. And it's also interesting to hear from certain sectors of the big pharma industry that they are feeling pushback from China. So China is a big buyer. Uh, they put out solicitations to buy drugs. And what we're seeing is that the pricing pressure the Chinese government is putting on U.S. and other Western big pharma companies. You have to reduce your price if you want to sell in the Chinese market. Something you know, We've talked for years and years in here, why don't we negotiate drug prices here in the United States? Oh, we can't do that. But the same companies will absolutely cede to the demand of China that if you want to sell here, you're going to do it on our terms mm -hmm. at our price. So it makes, makes you question whether we Americans are subsidizing not just the R&D, but eventually well, Chinese it's, it's, consumers. It's not, it's not just the products, it's also the jobs. Oh, absolutely. Because Pfizer and Merck have both shut down research facilities here in the United States. I think you write in your book that a bench chemist 
cost all in about 250000 And if you get that same bench chemist um, in China, it's fifty. So it's a possibly say, trained in this country, no probably, less. Probably, well, what, 90,000 PhDs uh, have been trained here and gone, or doctors gone over there to, to practice their trade. Is that number accurate? It's probably even more now. And think of that intellectual capital that has, is dissipating, dying on the vine here. If these people don't have jobs, we're losing our capacity. We're just a short time away of not having people who know how to build and operate antibiotic production facilities. That generation is leaving. Right. So who's going to do it? Rosemary, just to drill down on that point, to what extent, you mentioned in the connection with the generics, mm -hmm. we've transferred the intellectual property, so they're now building those things for us, um, manufacturing them. How much of that is also a requirement extracted from these big pharma companies? For example, and again, this is just part of the pattern of the industries that they're pillaging more generally, but these innovative products that you're talking about, are they also having to transfer those technologies, those mm -hmm. patents, those you know property rights, what have you, to China to that's, that's a have very, access to the market? That's a very important point, Frank. So here in the U.S., and I'm sure it's true in China, that if you have a new product, you have to give all of your information and clinical trial data and ingredients to the FDA. And you can imagine China FDA has to get that for new innovator products that have to be approved for use in China. But can be even so easier. they're using their regulatory agency to get our intellectual property. Absolutely. And look what happened with the, uh, in Europe, the European Medicines Agency. That's the counterpart to the FDA. <laughs> Pfizer's um, documents for the vaccine were hacked and stolen. The con Congress has got a big bill uh, uh, about on trade, uh, supporting American industries. Is there anything in that bill that addresses the issues that you're raising? The Compete Bill. America is, Compete is one of its Bill. Goals. I think it looks like it's just filled with bad stuff, but I don't, I don't know the details. Is there anything? Has anybody in Congress heard this and say, "Gee, we need to do something about it by passing this particular piece of a bill"? In 2019 and the early part of 2020, there was substantial interest on a bipartisan basis. Senator Elizabeth Warren, Senator Marco Rubio had virtually identical bills that would have taken care of a number of issues that we've talked about today. Our dependence of the military on China in the House, similarly Congressman uh, Garamendi and Vicki Hartzler from Missouri, they had a great bill. There were like 70, 80, 90 bills introduced in Congress to begin to fix this. And that just fell off the apple cart, and it's nowhere to be seen. We don't see the, those types of bills being introduced, because what's happening now is all top-down. You heard that the budget in the middle of the night of one, more than a trillion dollars just was dumped top in down, Congress. Top-down meaning from Nancy? or Well, I mean, top down from, from whom? That's a good question. A from whom? A handful of leadership. Folks are the only ones who see so, these bills. So, but these are, you know, Mark Elizabeth Warren anyway has got some got some clout. Do you think Rubio would have? So they just have given up on their own bills. Well, uh, there hasn't been uh, debate or discussion about this and fanfare given to this subject. But, no, but just to put a fine point on it, Bill, it's one thing to introduce a bill. By and large, even in the Senate. Legislation only gets to the floor if the leadership 
wants it to get to the floor. And yeah. as Peter, <laughs> Peter Schweitzer's new book, Red Handed, documents, you look at that leadership, and virtually all of them are in the pocket of the Chinese Communist Party. So if China is saying, you're not going to act on this legislation, uh, those leadership figures are in a position to make sure that's exactly what happens. And there's two forces. It's that force, <clears throat> China force, and then you've got the special interests here who still want to buy cheap. And those are Fortune 10 and 20 companies. Big time. That their job is just to supply product. So we're doing it to ourselves right. to a significant degree. And as this you know, develops, you, you have, I think, an opportunity to have it be different. And this, I know hopefulness is part of your message. We, we, we need to do more shows on this. We do. This is, but we the, do. The but I think the infiltra infiltration is the is thing. Key. I mean, if there's a 35,000 foot explanation for this, is that the Chinese have been systematically been penetrating the United States and Hollowing getting people, not, if not literally on the payroll, figuratively on the payroll. And both? Both. And, and here's the thing. I, I personally believe that one of the few upsides of the COVID biological warfare attack against this country, and I use those terms advisedly, mm. is that virtually every family in America has been impacted in one way or another. Some of them have lost loved ones, some of them have lost jobs, some of them have lost income, whatever. They all now have reasons to want to have things be different vis-a-vis -vis the Chinese Communist Party. There is still an elite. And what Peter talks about is elite capture as one of the angles of attack of that unrestricted warfare against us. But the public, the vast majority of Americans and the vast majority of investors and the vast majority of consumers and the vast majority of shareholders all now have reason to want to heed what Rosemary warned us about four years ago in, again, this microcosmic example. So we're now hearing a lot of talk about supply chains. We're now seeing a lot of problems with supply chains as well. I mean, stuff just isn't here. And it's not just pharmaceuticals. It's, it's all kinds of products. So we mm -hmm. can't get chips right. for our trucks so that the, and cars so that the automotive industry is you know, in jeopardy. But the point is... We need to understand and communicate to the public, and you're right, we should be doing a lot more programs on it, and I look forward to doing that with you in both of our capacities. But we need to make sure that the public understands this is going to get us all killed. Not just inconvenience us, not just cost us more, but get us all killed because that's the ultimate objective of the Chinese Communist Party. And there's another angle that I think is worth pursuing and I'll use the example, say Costco. So if you go to Costco and you want new tires Cost on Co. Costco, not Costco. Thank you, which is the Frank. Chinese shipping. Thank market. you. This is Costco. Frank's been helping us out with our pronunciation today. Very important. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. <laughs> Just got to keep straight. Who's Cost the bad Co. guys? Yeah. And who don't <laughs> this is our US Costco, where you buy whatever you want to buy. <laughs> All those Chinese products. In your big cart. So, so some people have their tires changed at Costco. Imagine if Costco were selling tires that say that if the U.S. Department of Transportation handed out warning letters to manufacturers around the world for shoddy products. 
imagine if the Department of Transportation handed warning letters to a Chinese company making vehicle tires and Costco was buying them and selling them to the American people. Without notice. That wouldn't, if people would be outraged and that would change overnight. We have retail pharmacies, pharmacies and big box stores that are selling substandard, unsafe, generic drugs in the United States of America. We need a front face that's real to the American people. China's too far away, but my corner drugstore, there's no excuse. And I think we have to bring this closer to home and ask the question politely, why are you selling us this crap? And but, to hospitals, well, why are you tolerating well, I don't much selling like trial lawyers, but it seems like this is a litigation-rich uh, target. And what I've been advocating for, this is fixable. And this is where we need some public interest support to test every batch of basic generic drugs and put that information out like a, in a consumer reports format. And 100% guaranteed that the market will change overnight. And it'll idea. make it impossible for the retail pharmacies to sell crap. I'll tell you a quick story. I had to get a, um, uh, a medicine for a minor issue about a month ago. And I went to a pharmacy. I won't name it. And I, doing what I do, I look at the bottle. I asked for the bottle, and I see whose name is on it. And I said, I don't want that. Because I know that company, it has a quality culture problem. So then I went to the second pharmacy, independent pharmacy. Maybe they have a different product. They were selling the same product from the same company, but they also sold one from a European company that I would trust. Different dosage, didn't want to call a health professional to think, you know, this is a crazy woman. If I had to, I would do it. So I went to a grocery store pharmacy. Again, I asked for the bottle. And I look on it, and I say, well, there's a manufacturer whose name I know that good people are contracting with them that I trust, who inspect their plants, and I feel comfortable with that product. Not, nobody should have to do that. Mm -hmm. So what we need is funding to support testing of Every batch of generic drugs, you start with the most essential ones. Doesn't cost much to test them. Cleveland Clinic had a, a drug tested. It was used for people with heart transplants. And it was immunosuppressant. Tested by a group up in Boston. They found it didn't dissolve properly in the body. I think it was just a case of being poorly made. And people, I'll just say people were harmed by that, and they published well, this. It, it seems it's to a, me you need both a carrot and a stick here, though. Yeah. I mean, you can test this, but you, you can give people a good housekeeping seal of approval. But there also be, ought to be a litigation strategy. Absolutely. Because if you're saying, if, 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 you're, if you're correct, and I believe you are, that Absolutely. these drugs are harming people, it seems to me like you've got to drum up some trial lawyers who'd be very interested in this. We need both. And this public yeah. shaming. And find out which pharmacies are selling this stuff that's not being inspected by the FDA. Can this is well, fixable. Well, there also is going to be a hue and cry about labeling, because if you, look at, if you look at your jar of apple juice, it's got, you know, all this stuff in there and the calories and this, it goes on and on and on. If you look at your, your pill bottle, there's no information. 
Seems Especially to me about like, where it's made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's worse than that. There's information, but it's so obfuscating. Mm -hmm. And it's deliberate, Misleading. so you don't know. But that information is knowable from people who work in the industry. They know where it's coming from and where it's made. And so that's, that's a database that needs yeah. to be tapped, too. Could I just ask a, a, a question going back to your analogy about the tires? Yes. Because you talked about the Department of Transportation doing the homework to establish that these are mm. defective tires and presumably they would say that mm. if you use them, mm. it could endanger your lives. But from what you've said to this point, Rosemary, as I understand it, there isn't a counterpart doing that kind of warning, uh, let alone the screening that would give rise to the warning um, in the drug space. Is that the case? And if not, mm. in addition to the testing, mm. how do we get the FDA or whomever it would be mm -hmm. to be issuing the counterpart to the tire warnings. That's a great point, Frank. The FDA has been issuing some warning letters because of what they have seen somehow through documents or maybe a handful of visits. And these warning letters identify very serious deficiencies. The problem is these big Fortune 10 and 20 companies they know there's a warning letter out there. They still buy the product and sell it to you and me. So the, the problem is not just that there isn't screening. There isn't just that there isn't a warning, mm -hmm. even when there is. Yes. Unlike the tire guys, you're saying that people are so accustomed to this being an, a practice they can engage in with impunity Yes. That they're simply ignoring That's the responsibility exactly right. to advise the public about the dangers? That's exactly right. And what happens is if the three of us want to put our resources together with others and start a domestic manufacturing company, U.S.-based, fully made in the U.S., these big buyers, American companies, they'll go to you, Frank, and Bill, say, so, um, what's your price? I'm sorry, it's too high. We can buy it over here, even if it has a warning letter. So there goes our business. Well, it seems to me that I do think we could maybe put together a litigation fund and actually make a fortune when, in claims from these companies. If we can have the test, doing the testing. Yeah. There's a group up in New Haven that started testing well, every generic before they sell it. I think we've got to go after that. We're running out of time. This always happens. We're, about, <laughs> we're, we're like at the front end. We're just at the good part here. We're at the good part. We're coming um, up with solutions and strategy. Quickly. You, quick, well, you can't do a quick solution. We may, may need to come back for part two. Let's do it. Let's do it again. Uh, Rosemary Gibson, author of a very a clarion call book, uh, China Rx, on our dependency on China for drugs. And as Frank points out, we're dependent on China for a lot more. And Frank Gaffney is founder of the uh, uh, committee of, gosh, you've got so many titles, the uh, <laughs> Center for Security Policy, and who does a terrific uh, show on, uh, where's our, you do your own, do your own plug there, Frank. Also the radio component is on the American Family Network all across the country. Okay, great. And, and Rosemary, where can we find you? What are your current uh, coordinates? What are you working on right now? Uh, I'm doing a lot, but people can find me at the Hastings Center. Okay. And follow me on Twitter. Right. 
at Rosemary 100. And China Rx, I hope your viewers and listeners will read it, share it with people that you know, and this is fixable if we want to. Okay, this has been the Bill Walton Show. Thanks, Rosemary. Thanks, Frank. And uh, sounds like we've got part two coming up in the not-too-distant future to get further into this and what we can do about some of the alarming things we've talked about. So thanks for joining. And uh, as always, you can find the show on all the major podcast and webcast platforms, uh, YouTube, Rumble, Spotify, uh, Apple, Apple Music, uh, and on and on. So uh, oh, we're also on uh, CPAC now on Monday nights at 7 o'clock streaming, and this will be on that uh, channel coming up soon. We're also on For America. So anyway, thanks for being part of this. And uh, we're on a mission here, and I hope you'll stay with us. All right. Excellent. So we didn't get to, well, we got to some stuff, but I mean, it's, it's just so, Rosemary, how, how, how can we get some traction with this? I mean, it seems to me that what we've got here is just devastating liability from a lot of companies if they really are ignoring this. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Want more? Click the subscribe button or head over to thebillwaltonshow.com to choose from over 100 episodes. You can also learn more about our guest on our Interesting People page. And send us your comments. We read everyone and your thoughts help us guide the show. If it's easier for you to listen, check out our podcast page and subscribe there. In return, we'll keep you informed about what's true, what's right, and what's next. Thanks for joining.